Good morning. Welcome to Eastern Mennonite Seminary Chapel Worship. Welcome to those of you gathered here in person in Martin Chapel. And welcome to those of you joining virtually. Sisters, brothers, cousins, beloved of God, may you experience grace and peace as we worship God together this morning. Before we begin, I would like to draw your attention to the back of the bulletin where you will see the upcoming community events listed. Next Tuesday during chapel, we will welcome the Rockingham Male Chorus, thanks to Jeff Thompson, who is a member of that group. The following Tuesday, um, we are pleased to have Rachel Ringenberg Miller on campus. She is the MCUSA denominational minister of ministerial leadership. And on Thursday, April 20th, here in Martin Chapel, we will have our final capstone presentation for the semester. Um, Carrie Dendler-Wanger um, will be presenting Toward Wholeness, How Chaplains Integrate the Sacred Work of Healing. That'll be from 3.30 to 5 p.m. here in Martin Chapel. And our final seminary chapel worship gathering for the semester will be on Tuesday, April 25th, and we will be having a retirement recognition service for Kevin Clark. This morning, I am pleased to welcome some special guests to help us walk with Jesus during this holy week. The Shenandoah Valley Biblical Storytellers is an ecumenical group of biblical storytellers committed to using their gifts to share the Bible in a way that many have not heard before. Orally, from memory, rather than reading, bringing back the original way the gospel stories were shared. The Guild is affiliated with the Network of Biblical Storytellers International, and their primary purpose is to engage everyone in God's word by encouraging them to listen to, learn, and tell Bible stories. Begun in 2009, the storytellers have visited churches, retirement facilities, nursing homes, civic auditoriums, and many other venues. They endeavor to tell biblical stories as much as possible, word for word, from the New Revised Standard Version. They strive to fully immerse themselves and inhabit the scripture, not only with their minds, but more importantly, with their hearts and lives. Today's storytelling recounts the passion story from the Gospel of Matthew. 
You were invited to listen, to think, to imagine yourself in these stories as you hear them. After the final storyteller has shared, you are welcome to sit here in silence in this space for as long as you feel you need. And then whenever you are ready, please exit in silence. Our opening prayer is from Voices Together, number 896. Let us pray. God of the foolish cross, you are not the savior we expect. Your power does not look like the power we want our God to demonstrate. Your wisdom makes no sense to us. We are happy to join the crowd waving branches, but not so sure we want to follow you into the temple courts, into the upper room, into the garden of Gethsemane, to the foot of the cross. Forgive our false assumptions. Clarify our clouded vision. Free us to relax into foolishness, the foolishness of your love and grace. Amen.
Then Jesus went with the disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. He said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here while I pray and stay awake with me. And going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. And then, then he, he went to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not stay with me? Awake with me for one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed for the second time. My father, if this cup cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came to the disciples and they were sleeping and, and because their eyes were heavy. And so taking leave of them again, he went away and prayed for the third time using the same words. And then, then he came to the disciples and said to them, so are you still sleeping? And taking your rest. The hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. While Jesus was still speaking, Judas one of the twelve arrived, and with him was a large crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one that I will kiss is the man. Arrest him. At once he went up to Jesus and said to him, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, friend, do what you are here to do. And then they laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. And then suddenly one of those who were with Jesus put his hand on his sword, drew it, and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. And Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place, for all those who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you not think that I can appeal to my father and he will at once send me at least 12 legions of angels? But then, 
how then would the scriptures be fulfilled, which say that it must take place in this way? And then he said to the crowds, do you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a bandit? Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me. But all of this has taken place so that the scriptures of the prophets may be fulfilled. And then all his disciples deserted him and fled. Now those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, and in whose house the scribes and the elders had gathered. But you see, Peter, Peter followed from a distance all the way to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered the courtyard and sat with the guards in order to see how all of this might end. But the chief priests and the whole council were looking for false testimony against Jesus so that they might put him to death. And they found none. Now many false witnesses, single false witnesses, came forward. But then two came forward and said, we heard him say, I am able to destroy God's temple and build it in three days. And the chief priest stood up and he said to Jesus, have you no answer? What is it that they testify against you? But Jesus was silent. And then the chief priest said, look, I have put you under oath before the living God, so tell us, are you the Messiah, the Son of God? And Jesus said, you have said that I am. But truly, I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of God coming, sitting by the right hand of power and coming from the clouds of heaven. And with that, the chief priest ripped his clothing and he said, this man has blasphemed. Why do we need any more testimony? You heard his blasphemy. What is your verdict? And they all said, he deserves death. And then they spat in his face. And some of them struck him. And some of them slapped him and said, prophesy, Messiah. Who is it that struck you?
Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard and a servant girl saw him. She said to him, you, you also were with Jesus, the Galilean. Peter denied it before all of them saying, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. When he went out to the porch, another servant girl saw him and she said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. But Peter denied it with an oath saying, I don't even know the man. A little while later, the bystanders came up to him and they said, certainly, certainly you were also one of them for your accent betrays you. And then Peter began to curse and he swore with an oath, I do not know the man. At that moment, the cock crowed. Oh, oh and then Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And he went away and he wept bitterly. And when morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people conferred together against Jesus in order to bring about his death. They bound Jesus and led him away and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he repented and he brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. And he said, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But the chief priest said, what is that to us? See to it yourself. Throwing down the pieces of silver in the temple, Judas departed and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priests taking the pieces of silver, said, Hmm, it is not lawful to put these into the treasury, since they are blood money. And after conferring together, they used them to buy the potter's field as a place to bury foreigners. And for this reason, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of the one on whom a price had been set, on whom some of the people of Israel had set a price, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me.
Judas, uh, Jesus, stood before the governor. And the governor said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, You say so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he did not answer. And Pilate said to him, Do you not hear the many accusations they make against you? But Jesus gave no answer at all, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the festival, the governor was accustomed to hand over to the people a prisoner, anyone whom they wanted. Now at that time, there was a notorious prisoner called Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, whom do you want me to, to deliver for you? Jesus Barabbas? Or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he knew that it was out of jealousy that they had handed him over. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, have nothing to do with that innocent man. For today I have suffered greatly because of a dream I had about him. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for the release of Barabbas and to have Jesus killed. So when Pilate asked the crowd again, whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or this man Jesus called Messiah? And the crowds shouted, Barabbas! And Pilate said, what shall then I do with this man Jesus who is called the Messiah? And they shouted, let him be crucified! And Pilate said, why? What evil has this man done? But they shouted even louder, let him be crucified, let him be crucified. And Pilate realized that there was nothing he could do, but rather a riot was beginning. So Pilate took some water and he washed his hands and then he said, I am innocent of this man's blood. And the crowd shouted, let his blood be on us and our children. So Pilate released Barabbas for them. And then after having Jesus flogged, handed him over to be crucified. Now some of Pilate's soldiers took Pilate, took Jesus, in, <laughs> took Jesus into Pilate's headquarters and they all stood around him, the whole cohort, and they stripped him of his clothing and they put a scarlet robe on him. And then they twisted some thorns into a crown and put it on his head. And then 
they placed a reed in his right hand. And then they began to mock him. And they would kneel before him and say, Hail to the king of the Jews and strike him. And then they took the reed and hit him on the head. Well, when they had finished mocking him, they stripped him of that robe and put his own clothes back on him. And then they led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they came upon a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they compelled him to carry Jesus' cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they, they divided his clothes among themselves by casting lots. And then they sat down there and kept watch over him. Over his head, they posted the charge against him which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then, then they Two bandits were crucified with him, one on his right and the other on his left. And those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, You would destroy the temple in three days and raise it up. Save yourself. If you're the Son of God, come down from the cross. And in the same way, the chief priests, along with the scribes and the elders, were mocking him and saying, He saved others, but he cannot save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Well, let God deliver him now, if he wants to. For he said that he is God's son. And the two bandits who were crucified with him taunted him in the same way. And from noon on, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon.
And about three o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Leon, Sabachthon, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders thought that he was calling for Elijah. So one of them went and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a stick and held it up for him to drink. But others said, no, wait. Let us see if Elijah comes and saves him. But then Jesus cried out again in a loud voice. And then he breathed his last. And at that moment, at that very moment, the curtain in the temple was split in two from the top to the bottom. And there was the shaking of the whole earth and the rocks began to split apart. And the tombs were opened and saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And after his resurrection, Many of them entered into the holy city and were seen and appeared to many people. Now, the centurion and those who had been assigned to look after Jesus saw all that had taken place, and they were terrified. And they said, Surely this man is God's son. There were also many women there who looked on from a distance. They had come down from Galilee with Jesus, and they had been providing for him. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went before Pilate and he asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate ordered that it be given to him. And then Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn from the rock. He then rolled a great stone in front of the door of the tomb and then went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is the, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and they said, sir, we remember what this imposter said while he was still alive. On the third day, I will rise again. Therefore, 
command that the tomb be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body away and then go say to the people, he has been raised from the dead. And then the last deception will be worse than the first. So Pilate said, you have a guard of soldiers. Go. Make the tomb as secure as you can. So they took the guard and they secured the tomb by sealing the stone. 